Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and excellent craft beer. I'm Benoga, and this week I'm joined by Adol Koji. Hello. Hey, dude. How are you? Uh, not too bad. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. So, as with every week, we're going to drink some beers, and we're going to talk about some video games. What do you got on deck? Um, I'm drinking two beers this week from the same brewery. Um, in the last episode, I chatted about um, going down to um, Exmouth. Um, right. for a little caravan holiday and the craft beer pub that we ended up in actually had their own little microbrewery um, oh, cool. on site so these two beers are from Crossed Anchors Brewing um, I still can't remember the name of the pub but it's down in Exmouth um, the first um, I'm going to go for is called Three Seas Gold which is a golden ale hmm. and the second one is called North Star Spiced Ale um, I thought the spice ale might be a little more heavy in flavour, so I thought I'd go for that one second. Uh, how about you, Adam? Uh, I've got, um, in true Alex Malpass fashion, I've got two IPAs. Nice. I've got the Muskoka Brewery Unfiltered IPA called Mad Tom, 6.4%. Um, Muskoka's in, um, the brewery's in a uh, small town in Ontario. Nice classy mm. little label. Nice, that's good. You can, you can see Mad Tom right there. Yeah. Excellent podcasting, nice. yeah. Um, and then I was given this by a house guest um, from How, uh, How Sound Brewing, which, uh, where is How Sound? BC, uh, British Columbia, so the Pacific side of Canada. Um, yeah. And it's a, uh, it is a, uh, also, it's the Devil's Elbow IPA. And it is a, a full liter at nice. 6%. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it is a quart. It is a quart of beer. And it has 68 IBUs. Its color is amber. Wow, this is... We might have to actually um, take a picture of this because the amount of information is on this is kind of incredible. It, it won the bronze canadian award and the silver winner in the north american award of beer it uh and and even has a picture of three pint glasses saying three glasses of glory in every bottle nice nice so i guess my two beers equals four beers (laughs) a lot more than i'm having um the the two uh cross tankers brewery bottles are um 500 ml bottles this first one this three seas gold nail um is only 4.3 percent it is a nice golden color, oh, yeah. quite opaque. Is is it? Sorry, it was a golden ale. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It also looks like it might be unfiltered because it's so. Um, yeah, opaque. it's um, it is unfiltered. It's got a, little, a couple of little bits floating around inside of it. That's okay. That's fine. Not quite as um, uh, not quite as large as the, the the part we had floating in our tempest. Oh fuck! I've got a few weeks that. ago. Um, having said that, this is my unfiltered IPA. Wow, that's really clear. Uh-huh. Uh, Completely different to what I've got. Yeah, it's um, it's it's like apple juice colored. Mm. And even the head is sort of very small. It's like uh, apple juice with a splash of um, 
tonic water thrown in. Nice. Um, oh, very sweet. <laughs> I shouldn't have said apple because now I have a yeah, sweet apple yeah. uh, on the nose. Not sort of, not a strong hoppiness. So, oh, wait, there it is. Slight copper on the nose, but not a lot. Mostly it's that sweetness. Mm. Oh, that's a good IPA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They clearly didn't dry hop at all, really. Um, mm. All in the flavor. Yeah, and and then the, the slight uh, hoppy fla- uh, note, uh, the nose, mm. matches almost perfectly to, to this wonderful taste. So, um, I'd say it comes in strong. The copperiness, the bitter hoppiness is sort of, it's a thick flavor, but it doesn't mm. last long. Nice. It doesn't punch you in the face, but you're like, oh, this is good. Yeah, and then it yeah. sort of quickly dissipates. It still lingers a little, but it's a sort of a very refreshing. Um, yeah, it's just a very refreshing first sip, and uh, and not a lot to the finish at all. Nice. I mean, this uh, this gold now. It's got quite a, a hoppy nose to it. Not huge, um, and it's got quite a. a not a hugely bitter taste, but you do get that within the flavour as well. But I'm getting a lot of um, citrus from mm. it, both in the, the taste and in the in the smell. Um, it's nice so far. Um, I thought these would be um, a little more... And I don't know why I thought they would be. I thought they'd be a little more traditionally English, mm. um, a bit more like a, a bitter um, right. rather than sort of, um, you know, like a craft ale as such. Um, but no, this is very nice. Quite malty as well. So I, I've been in the basement for a bit and uh, nothing, and no attention paid to me. And now as soon as I start podcasting, both of the large felines are literally, like there's one right by my feet and one right beside me. <laughs> they really are the podcasts. Like, they are, definitely, yeah. definitely. Unlike, uh, unlike Perry who comes in, makes a noise and then buggers off somewhere yeah. else. And he's just like, I've been on the podcast now. I don't know, I don't know how to stick around. Exactly. My fame is done. It's done. Right. Um, why don't you start us off with the game, Adam? What have you been playing this week? Sure. Uh, I haven't played a lot, actually, because I, um, well, I played the FF15 demo. Okay. Tech demo, engine demo. I talked a little bit about it on the Out of Lives Roundtable-y Spectacular. Yep. Um, and uh, I hadn't finished it. I finished it now. It turns out I was like four and a half minutes away from finishing it. Mm. Um, but then I ha- I drove up to St. John on the weekend, um, and so I, um, uh, where Catherine's working right now, and the internet there was really shoddy. I did try and test on the Mac um, PS4 Remote Play, because okay. before I tested it uh, in the house, mm-hmm. <laughs> like as in a meter and a half away from the PlayStation and two and a half meters away from the Wi-Fi access point. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't work. The internet was, it, it, it just kept complaining that the uh, internet was too slow. Okay. Which was interesting. Um, I sort of hadn't thought about minimum internet. I mean, obviously it makes sense that there is some sort of minimum threshold, but I just, it just, I'm sort of mm. used to ubiquitous Wi-Fi being of a certain level where like, if I can stream Netflix, I should be able to do whatever right like but apparently not uh, which totally makes sense i mean it's better to do that than um have a really deprecated service 
right? Yeah, completely, completely. Have you tried, um, while you were there, you didn't try remote play on any other devices? I tried it on the Vita as well, same thing. Same, same thing. Complaint. Okay. Yeah, so it's definitely it was the internet that was the bottleneck. Yeah, yeah. It's not just this new um, remote play on sort of PC and Mac service. It was just the um, the internet in yeah. general in that area. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But have you have you used remote play much since you've um, you've been back? Well, the problem is I don't don't need to leave the home. <laughs> I, I I I dissertate from home. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I work from Canada for my UK PhD, yeah, um, yeah. but, uh, and of course my main PC is attached to the projector as is the PS4. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll, um, crib my own line and say the only reason I would use PC remote play is because I didn't want to push a button on the receiver. Yeah. Um, having said that, I think uh, once I get into the swing of things, um, in the office, I would probably play on like my my uh, Mac in mm-hmm. the office, like maybe around a Rocket League in the middle of uh, um, a work day where I'm actually working. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. I haven't um, I haven't tried it on my PC yet, um, only because you need to. I believe you need to have Windows 10 or Windows 8 for it to be able to run. Mm. Um, and currently, I'm running seven, so I've got coursework due in in uh, in a week's time. So I didn't fancy upgrading to ten just to try out remote play to then find that the you've ruined uh, your, uh, that I've ruined yeah. all the other software on my PC right. and I wouldn't have been able to, uh, to to do any of my coursework, um, which would have been a massive fail. So yeah, I'm waiting. Uh, That's a little fair. While. Um, I will say that Windows 10 has been really seamless on all devices I've put it on, including an iMac and a MacBook Air in boot camp. Mm. Um, because I just want to put things on things. It turns out uh, I, <laughs> tech is my hobby in a very strong sense. Yeah, uh, I like fiddling, although yeah, I don't own yeah. a fiddle. Well, but if I did, I bet I, if I picked up the violin, I'm guessing it would be an electric violin. More than likely. You can probably yeah. find some kind of plug-in for GarageBand mm. to be able to play around with it. Nice. So, um, what did you think about the end of the the Final Fantasy Fifteen demo? Uh, very different to the the rest of it, really. Yeah, I mean, it finally gave a taste for what combat would be like. Uh, one, mm. I I suck balls at that combat system. Like, really, the amount of times I got hit for badly timed dodges before it was mm. like push the triangle button to jump on the thing, and basically now that you're hanging from a post, you can just that's the win button. You just have to push it four times, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it was w- it was weird that you could equip fire, but it was a mm-hmm. bottle, and you had one bottle. It was only one, or whatever. But like it was limited. But then when you were out, it didn't mm. say out or anything, and it's still in your little diagram. Had like hammer on top. Uh, on the left was a sword or whatever, yeah. right? And then and then there was the fire. And the fire icon stayed. So it's like, oh, I didn't really realize because I just became this guy. So I, I used fire once to try it out. And then it was like... Mm-hmm. And then it, nothing sort of indicated to me that this was no longer a thing I could do. And I kept trying. I'm like, am I screwing up my buttons? Like, what's going yeah, yeah. on? Oh, it turns out I just couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, I, I, I seem to remember that there was a slightly odd way of um, when you're doing... Even when you were the younger version of the character and you had the firework and and a couple of other sort of um, spells that were almost throwable items. Yeah, that's um, basically what they are. They have a slightly 
they have a slightly odd way of of aiming and throwing. Um, I seem to remember. Yeah, I, I burnt my I, I burnt my fire. I, like <laughs> I burnt my fire. I yeah. did not do a single point of damage. One because I was just trying it out and thought it was fire. This spell. And I'm like, well, and I had MP, mm. and there was mm. something that restored MP, but I couldn't. I didn't seem to have an ability that used MP. Yeah, I I wonder whether in the in the main game you're going to start to have spells. And yeah, then might have as as they were in the demo items and and sort of as throwable objects, which also do sort of spell damage, similar to if you're able to do a, a spell. Or like you can you have throwable objects which you need to use MP to imbue with the element or something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, possibly. Uh, that's been done in games before, and that's an, it's actually an interesting mechanic. But um, I felt, yeah, I mean, again, it's not my forte, but I because it's not quite third person in the way that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, the camera controls were a little clunky for my taste, but mostly I just, I couldn't, I, I felt clunky, the, the action battle. Also, like, I had the urge to, like, jump at the guy and then swing four or five times in a row, and mm-hmm. that just doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you hit him once, and then you sort of drop down to the ground, and then you do your same generic swing. Yeah. Like, for... Um, for sort of an action-oriented, where you've got, like, dynamic dodging and stuff, it's really odd that you have sort of... There's no sort of flow to your attacks if you try and chain them. It's just, like, swing, swing, swing. Yeah, you, you sort of expect almost like a juggle button or something. I, I can't remember whether it was in 13 that you were able to to sort of juggle them, throw them up into the air, yeah. and then do attacks on them whilst they were airborne and chain them together. Yeah. Um, but this did seem a little bit clunkier yeah. than that, and and a bit more stymied. And you just got that one attack off. And yeah, that was sort of it. You then you, you just rinsed and repeated the same sort of dodge a couple of times, try and hit, dodge a couple of times, try and hit. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of the reason why I I had to get healed by carbuncles because I was trying to do different things, and even the mm. the sort of fancy looking sword versus the other sword you sort of lose the ability to have a hammer even though you've just learned how to like the hammer does a lot of damage but is slow in the in the little kid version and then you just get two swords one's larger and slightly slower but not by much and Mm. it wasn't even clear how much the difference in damage was because of sort of the size of the uh enemy's health and the fact that the health bar was sort of the same size as all the other health bars you saw yeah sort of felt it 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 discouraged me about the game rather than encouraged me. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I think we we mentioned it on the last episode that you know previous Final Fantasy games have all been hugely menu based um, within even their combat. Um, you know, you you pick the enemy you want to attack, you choose what you're going to do to them, and even in thirteen, which was a bit more action based, you were still picking for your party what to do, when to do it, who would do what. You could set um, AI, yeah, um, sort of almost bots to be able to to run through what they were going to do. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they handle that within Final Fantasy Fifteen, which I feel is probably a little more action orientated than Thirteen. Well, that's Seems what like they it should be a little claim. faster. Yeah, um, but party management is going to be really interesting. Well, it's be- and like these these sort of these disposable throwable items um 
that whole menu system to like swap like even when I was the kid and wandering around and I swapped from firework to downpour or whatever that throwing rain thing was mm. um it still was kind of clunky and I was sort of thinking while I was when I realized that fire was non-renewable um <laughs> yeah that's some sort of anti-car combustion <laughs> claim um I uh I was like, well, but that menu is really shit. Like, if I yeah, was in the middle yeah. of a battle and I wanted to switch to some other thing, I I would not like doing that over and over and over again. Which, as we know in Final Fantasy games, your battles are over and over. Like, it's a grindy game yeah, series. It's just usually the plot and not even the strategy. Usually the plot carries you through or you just like this type of game. It's sort of, it's grindy but doesn't, if it, the well planned ones aren't don't make you feel like you're just killing for the sake of killing. Yeah, to yeah. Get I mean, level it, ups. it also brings us back to sort of a, a point last week as well, um, which we were making about the division, where we were talking about the difference mm. in being able to choose weapons and how even though you might run around with um, you know three or four weapons within your um, your inventory, and you might change between sort of your secondary weapon quite a lot. Um, you know, going from a sniper rifle to a shotgun or something. Right. Going through the menu system is actually quite clunky um, and isn't, I suppose, it, it, whether it's made clunky in a way because they only want you to have very swift access to two weapons. So you have three. to. Well, yeah, okay, three weapons with your sidearm. I, I, mean, I use yeah. the sidearm a bunch. Yeah, I've started using the sidearm quite a lot as well. Uh, but Sorry. yeah, they, it does seem quite clunky to, to be able to change between you know more than that amount of, of weapons for different situations um, but you would have thought that something like Final Fantasy which has always been a very menu based game would have very slick fluid slick menus to be able to run through mm-hmm. um, and, and like we said they've still got some time to yeah polish uh, and to refine also I totally get what you're saying about the 3D modeling being subpar the mm-hmm. the hair and fur was awful for yeah. a modern game. Um, like very sort of clearly they were try they almost decided to go and animate every strand of hair on his head and then realized they couldn't quite, but they retained that yeah. sort of yeah. textured look, but then things didn't move. But also, uh especially on Carbuncle he his coat was super jagged looking like yeah completely and you're like whoa and i know part of that might be because of this sort of it it feels to me like they tried to do a lot of hair work and then realized that not as many people care and it's so much work and they downgraded what they were doing with hair uh but even with that in mind it was it just it was really it was an eyesore. Like the, his edges were an eyesore, and I, like, the model was was good looking. I didn't even mind the character, although it was very um. Oh, what's that thing from Link? Little spirity sprite thing um, from old Navi. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, hey, listen. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that is a spot on impression. It was. It's very good, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I thought so. Um. Yeah, like I, I didn't really enjoy the character, but I, it, it just I was like, really, this is what you're showing off. Mm, mm. And especially as we as we talked about with it being a, a tech demo, as such, and it being more, or it came across that it was more trying to showcase 
what the engine could do. Yeah. Uh, all of these different lighting effects in the day and night cycle, the weather effects and things like that. To then have shittier, jagged, torn, sort of tearing character models um, that where different textures and things clipped through. Yeah, just a bit sort of subpar, really. I thought the older version looked better, but that's also because he had like the typical anime style spiky hair, which is mm. sort of already in clumps. So you don't, you're not expecting yeah. strands, yeah. and they weren't drawing strands. But uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, I don't know. Uh, I think, uh, and hilariously enough, this morning uh, Square Enix uh, emailed me uh, suggesting I buy the Deluxe Super Edition. <laughs> Um, it's like, well, no, actually, mm. uh, one, I don't buy deluxe super editions. Um, and two, I just played your demo and I might wait until it's cheaper now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been thinking, uh, thinking the same sort of thing. Um, now it's sort of sat for a little bit and I've had a bit of time to think about the game. Um, and I've seen a few more bits from it and heard a, a, a little bit more chatter about what's to come. I'd like um, to play the original, the first demo. Uh, episode Dusk Guy? Yeah. yeah. It came with Type-Zero HD or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Except it only on the consoles, because I actually own mm. that game on um, PC. It, it, it's been in the Steam sale almost every yeah. Steam sale that, that pops yeah. up. So yeah, yeah. Hence why I own it, but I didn't get a Magic Secret Code. Mm. Mm. Because, of course, they didn't make a PC demo. No, and it would be very interesting to try that demo because they have um, taken feedback from it and uh, have suggested that they have gone in and changed some of the elements from episode Dusk Guy. And it actually, I believe, received a patch oh. um, to update some of those changes that, um, that people had been sort of lobbying for almost and, and suggesting that they make. Um, it seems slightly odd that a, a demo would receive... Um, a patch, but I suppose they again want feedback. It's a, an ever-evolving engine; they like, want to know how the mechanics work and how people think about them. Good idea. Yeah, this totally not a Square Enix style move. No, no, um, not at all. So I, I applaud that. I mean, who knows how that comes out of this Square Enix filter black box? But it, yeah. it, I think I'm. I really enjoy how there seems to be a larger, more attention being paid to the consumer in the development process. Mm. I think like um, Epic Games for, is a great example. The, they not only have their closed systems for Paragon been months and months in alpha and huge amount of, um, excuse me, a huge amount, huge amount of um, interaction on the forums, the closed yeah. forums. But also Unreal Tournament, the next Unreal Tournament, mm-hmm. is literally the fans are calling all of the shots. Uh, and it's free. I think I talked about this, how I have no idea how they're going to monetize it. But again, you can download the Epic Games launcher and, and uh, download the latest version of Unreal Tournament and play it. And if you have a strong opinion or even a weak one, you can just jump on the forums and say, here's my strong slash weak opinion. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is the way forward, especially considering... like. Video gaming has sort of um, escaped the the E3 culture that um, uh, that that has sort of been the bread and butter for for decades, or at least one in a bit. Um, 
in that, uh, you know, it was all about the video game industry feeding itself and the journalists as well, but like the yeah. actual consumers only having the opinion at the very end, uh, and of course with their dollars, pounds, mm. euros, Deutschmarks, never mind. Um, but uh, I actually found one of those. Nice. <laughs> and, and a couple lira and a franc. Why do I have these? <laughs> Just in the currency drawer. Uh, yeah, I have a little bucket where I put all the random coins I get. And uh, I say bucket, it's actually an old piggy bank made in the shape. It's like a, a wooden loony, which is our $1 coin. Right. Um, and I just, it has everything but Canadian currency in it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I think because like E3 isn't as big of a thing and the internet has gotten to a point where the big names in gaming, journalism, quote-unquote, gaming communication, if you don't like the idea, mm. um, are people, regular people yeah. with doing their Let's Plays, you know, your PewDiePies, your Nerd Cubes, your et cetera's. Yes, yeah. Um, and because of that, these people have their own followings, and, and you just can't ign- ignore the actual gamer anymore in the same mm. way you could when all the spectacle, all the effort was pointed at a very niche population who was sort of, it was this all the positive feedback loop uh, type culture. Yeah. And I, I, I suppose that sort of stems, uh, as you said, um, from the internet as well, when you had sort of print media, you only got maybe one or two articles or you, you maybe only read one article about a game um, a couple of months or a month or so before. Oh, I just look out. at the pictures. Um, yeah, and that was and that was about it. It was someone's impression. Whereas now you're seeing alpha footage videos, beta footage videos, um, people putting up their impressions as soon as something is released. Um, you know, people get it a few days before, and uh, with embargoes and things, people can can chuck stuff up the day before. Um, yeah, a game is actually released if that's when all the review embargoes. Um, expired taken down, so it's yeah, it's it's a very different uh, market now. So for developers to actually listen to consumers is is a very good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, when does it become a bad thing? When do they change so much because of what consumers say? Well, it almost takes us back to Baldur's Gate Gate. To- you know, had they of put in a patch to have changed the characters uh, mm. because of all the negative feedback they have had from it. Oh, I would be pissed. That would have, to, in, in our eyes, at least, that would have been a bad thing. Yeah, I guess it's sort of that. I think we, when we talked about Baldur's Gate Gate, we uh, I mentioned how um, gaming is, you know, a larger industry than Hollywood now, mm. um, and so because of that, the the accountants and the executives are more involved with potential harm to the or you know poor views of the customer. Mm. Mm. Um, and I'm glad that Baldur's Gate Gate didn't result in what you just described, um, but you could easily see it. I mean, but it's also sort of t- this is the same reason why um, it took. I said this. I realized I said this about Quantum Break like a week after I said this about Super Hot, and they're both riffs on the Max Payne bullet time. But um, yeah. it takes an indie developer or uh, classically um, we do our thing very infrequently and very much our own way remedy um, to sort of innovate in the, in the third person shooter genre. 
because it's basically been sort of modern warfare tactical cover yeah. shooting and there's not a lot of innovation outside of on the actual combat right like yes, the division's yeah. a super innovative game because it's taking that standard approach not to say that you know the, there's not been refinements on how well it's ex- executed and how mm-hmm. the flow but and adding mmorpg elements to it yes along yeah, with a very interesting it, story yeah i mean the division is almost a mix of genres um, it's sort of very loot-driven, RPG-esque, yeah. third-person shooter, third-person cover-based shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've, they've taken sort of the core mechanic of third-person cover-based shooting. They've added in a very loot-driven RPG system to build you up through that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like you're, uh, what's another third-person cover-based shooter? That's a very long-winded way of saying something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, something like Uncharted. Doesn't right. have those progression systems in. You don't upgrade yourself. Um, no, you might get slightly better weapons throughout the game because you're fighting harder enemies. I was going to say, but it's a very linear catch. Yeah, exactly, up. exactly. You don't have a, a progression system in which you can branch off and and spec in different classes, almost. Yeah, um, which the division has tried to to bring in. So, um, mm. yeah. So I guess. Um... Where where did we start this on? Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh right. <laughs> um, so uh, last word on Final Fantasy would be meh. Yeah. Uh, meh. To... <sighs> yeah, I think mine was pretty similar when I discussed it. Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of I have a new appreciation for your comments. I wish I had waited to because I usually listen to the episodes. Um, not out mm. of narcissism, partially maybe out of <laughs> narcissism. Um, but honestly, sometimes I can't remember what we talk about, um, and I actually don't like the sound of my recorded voice, so that part's always painful, because I usually talk too much, uh, he says on a ramble. Um, but uh, I wish I had waited uh, for my until li- t- after I did the demo, but actually did my re-listen before I finished the demo. Right. Because um, of the comments I remember you making, um, they all sort of started to ring a bit truer. I, I got a better sure. sense of what you were saying. Yeah. And I think you were spot on. It's just... Although, um, I will say that on the Out of Lives crossover, um, I think it was Adam who talked about uh, how he liked the fact that it was a tech demo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he liked that he he's not a Final Fantasy guy, mm-hmm. uh, and he liked that it wasn't sort of sticking you in the middle of a plot. It was saying, this is how the game feels. And I realized then that it's actually not a bad move considering they're doing they're not doing a standard final fantasy yeah so all all the like like preparing all the ff nerds for this won't be menus Mm. is a good idea um having said that you could still do that on a slice of plot version but this sort of really got you to play with all the different things including how apparently combat with sort of minions is complete garbage Minions? Well, like the little blue guys you fight as the kid. Oh, I see. Okay. Like, like yes. the like yeah. hold circle forever and you will attack. Apparently yeah. you can also defend, it... but why bother? Because no one ever attacks you before you hit them on the head with a hammer and they die instantly. Mm. And you mm. don't even have to do anything but rotate the camera and you'll automatically kill the next guy. Yeah. I found yeah, that I combat that. very boring. I didn't enjoy that, that, that combat. Um, but we should move on. Um, I'm 
ready to open up my second beer, which I shall do. It is a uh, another crossed anchors brewing beer. It is the North Star Spiced Ale, five point five percent. So it's spiced like the North Star. Um, well, I, I assume if we were to go to the North Star and we had suits that could deflect the heat that the North Star gives out and we mined it, there'd be spices, maybe. I don't know. I think the only spice you're finding in space is surrounded by sandworms. <laughs> Definitely. Ooh, this, this beer is a lot darker than my last beer. The, the, the um, what was that called? The Three C's. The gold nail um, uh, was a uh, it was a gold nail. It was very light in colour. This is really really dark. Holy it's, shibbles! It, it almost looks because of the slight carbonation it's got to it, um, it, it. There's not a huge amount of head on the pour that I've done. It almost looks like a pint of coke. I was going to say it looks cola esque. Yeah. yeah, a little creamier, uh, mm. but not by much. Oh, that's very sweet on the nose. Um, I'm, sort I, of, oh, no. We, we talked about sort of... Uh, you had a winter saison a few episodes ago, didn't you? Um, mm-hmm. And I seem to remember that that was spiced, and we we kind of derided the idea of sort of winter Spicy. beers being sort of clovey. Yeah, clovey and like cloves, cardamom. Uh, yeah, a bit of orange. Chai, yeah, chai spices plus some citrus. That... that thing they call pumpkin spice in like lattes at starbucks that yeah, that's, has um, no that, pumpkin in it that's this beer oh you poor bastard uh, i'm getting a, a hell of a lot of clove a little bit of ginger mm, it's very uh, it's got that spicy sweetness to it right. in the nose um taste wise we shall see i'm gonna start pouring my ipa now that i've dribbled the last bit of cool yeah you did spill that down yourself a little bit um and wow, then, that's, that's, that, that taste is really clovey. Mm. That's not... I'm not getting much malt. I'm not getting uh, a hoppy flavour. There's not quite any bitterness to it. It's, does it taste like beer at this point? Let me have another, let me have another go. Let me see. Because that's mm. always my problem with these wintry, seasonally things. It, no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. It's, it's almost a. It, it, I don't know whether it's just the bottle that I've got. I can't <laughs> imagine that it is. You're being I, very charitable, all of a sudden. I'm trying, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to be trying to be generous. Um, it almost tastes like a flat Coke, but a slightly sweetened, um, little cloved, spiced. I was going to say, Coke. I don't there's, remember there's... Coke tasting very clovey. No, no, it's got those um, those almost winter spices in it, um, but it's got that flat flat sort of nature oh, to it. So are you saying is is it like the that sort of the texture that's more like like the coke rather than the taste or is so it the, yeah sorry yeah yeah the texture is more like a flat coke. Um but taste wise it's it, it, it is exactly the same as I got on the nose. It's very sweet. Um but it's those those sweet spices, the mm. cloves, gingers, cinnamon perhaps. Oh yeah. is, oh is it cinnamon or is it nutmeg? Ooh, it says, says, on, says on the bottle, it's got crystal and chocolate malts, and then cinnamon, ginger, allspice, and cloves. 
There oh, you, go. you missed the allspice. I did miss the allspice. The one thing I didn't get. What is allspice? Just allspice? Um, it's a it's a mixture that actually I'm pretty sure involves cinnamon. I looked this up before because the recipe required it. And yeah. Catherine's got this lovely thing called the Substitution Bible, which she grew up. Her mom has it, and she mm-hmm. got it as a as a gift when she moved out years and years ago. And yeah. it tells you how like you don't have this ingredient. Well, like use these. And I because see. of that, the first time I made fish and chips, we made a fucking great tartar sauce that wasn't tartar sauce. Quality, quality. Um, that's a quality present. Oh, it's a great book. Uh, you can Amazon it. It's called The Substitution Bible. Uh, and it, it, we had to make allspice, and it was definitely cinnamon was in it. So Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, nice. How's, how's your second beer? I just poured it. You can see it's um, a little translucent, um, very coppery colored. Um, I yeah. poured it a couple minutes ago, and you can see that the head is small, but it just sits there. Mm-hmm. I think last week I also used the term from wine. It has legs in that it sort of sticks to the to the glass and slowly drips down. Yeah. Um, this is this. Um, oh wow! North Star's the same in that regard. It's very. Um, it's got a honey sweetness. Nice. With a slight maltiness. Mm. Like it. That, that sweet honey flavor is very good. I oh, do, I really I do like enjoy it. That in a bit. It's um. How do I describe it? Yeah, it's like um, a mix between a light malt and and and, and a, like a really fresh honey. Mm, mm. Nice. Seems like your second beer is a little bit better than, better than my second beer at the moment. Um, it tastes so sweet. Yeah, too sweet. Too sweet. Uh, Perhaps. Uh, so it's hard to tell. I'm probably gonna have to comment a little bit later, a little bit later. because yeah, I've. Yeah. I've I have two IPAs on the tongue. Mm. Feels like it is a euphemism for something. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it, it it has almost no finish to this. Okay. Um, and the first thing I tasted was like a. How do I describe this? It's so if if you if you have sugar and then you have icing sugar. Yeah. That sort of step up of sweetness and sort mm-hmm. of concentration. It's like. Uh, sort of a sweet standard the sweetness you find in a beer and then yep. that step up so it doesn't taste okay. like icing sugar but it's relatively sweeter in sweeter. that way yes yeah um because my my t- beer analogies are always so straightforward um but <laughs> completely <laughs> you should tell me about a game you've been playing um i will uh that's I'll not the other game that we talked about that you've been playing or the other game that we talked about that you've been playing yeah um, so the the game that I've um, played around with a little bit um, this last week, well, because I've been doing coursework, I haven't had a huge amount of time to game. Uh, but I jumped into Dead Star, which is um, one of the free PlayStation Plus games this month. Oh, I just downloaded that. It is a twin stick MOBA. Wow. A multiplayer online battle arena game. Yeah, I, um, that what was more rhetorical um, it was that was that was for the, explain, for the listener the listener who doesn't know what a MOBA is and and despite the fact that we've said MOBA in MOBA, several MOBA, episodes MOBA, before MOBA. and never bothered what is exactly. it mobile um, operative bachelor I, I, arena I don't even know yeah, it, that, that is exactly what it is it's just a bunch of guys looking for dates running around hitting each other no um, so Dead Star um, you are a pilot um and you have a choice of spaceship 
Okay, so it's to, a ship. Okay. Yep, to be able to um, move between different zones to take over those zones um, to collect points to win a match. Now, um, obviously, you're in a spaceship, so you've got various different weapons on the now spaceships. Is, is this a top-down, like Super it's, Stardust it's kind of almost, thing? It's almost top-down. It's not quite. Um, it's not quite top-down. It's not quite isometric. Mm. Um, axonometric, perhaps. I don't even no, know. What that axonometric is. is 45 degrees. It's almost isometric, um, which I think is about 33 yeah. degrees or something like that. Anyway, um, yeah. So you, you're in a spaceship. It's uh, very light spaceship combat. You, you drive around this area. You um, you can shoot missiles dependent on what kind of um, ship that you've picked. You've got lasers and various different weapons. And you have to try and take over bases within a zone to be able to conquer that zone. And the maps that I've played are comprised of, I believe, about eight zones. You have two two teams which start at either end of a map and then you move through these zones towards each other taking over the zones as you go to collect points to win the the match so the, the zones the, are just sort of maps yes yes they're just different sections within the the and, maps and do is there a load time between or is it fairly no 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 it's it's one it's one map so there's no load times um, can you shoot across zones so you can shoot across okay. zones just to get an um, idea of what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you start a match, you have um, three ships available to you. You can, you can pick any of those ships. You normally have a light ship, a, a, an intermediate sort of ship, and a, and a heavy ship. The light ships travel very quick, but they don't have very good firepower. The heavy ships don't travel very fast, but they've got, they, they, they pack a punch. Um, and it's, it's okay. Uh, I've enjoyed the is, few this games. This is called I- Three Bearsing, by the way. Three bears in. Yeah, there's oh. no Goldilocks, but there's three bears. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you have a little bit of um, choice within the the ships that you choose, the light sh- and medium and, and, and heavy ships. Um, I think there's nine ships in total. So you've got three light ships to choose from, three medium right. ships. Three, and you go into a match with a loadout of your ships. Um, and, yeah, it's all right. Combat's not fantastic. Twin stick sh- it, it's a twin stick shooter. How um, chaotic does it get? Because I feel like that's sort of the the home of the twin stick shooter is chaotic to bullet hell. I feel like if it's yeah. anything less than chaotic. <sighs> so I found that normally you you can respawn if you've captured an area. You can respawn within that area. If oh, okay, that makes sense. Killed. So you can move, yeah. You, you can progress through the map and get closer to the action. But I found that you get times where you're flying around and you don't know where anybody is. You're oh. just making your way towards the next area to take over. You don't really encounter anyone until you get to the space station within the next area, within the next um, zone to take over. Mm. Then suddenly, a hell of a lot of people rush in and kill you very quickly. Mm. Um, I've tried to team up with a uh, a few people and it's set out almost in small sort of radio. Well, it's it's all multiplayer. Yeah, um, there, is there a, any single player element? There is a tutorial which takes you through the the basics of gameplay. Um, it, it, there's also <coughs> an element of um, upgrading. So your ship upgrades through the experience you get, which you gain through getting kills. 
You can also upgrade the bases so it's harder for the opposite team to take them over once you have them in your possession. Um, now, if I know you've only played a little, but if you take over a base, yes, do you retain the upgrades in your favor? Hmm, I'm not sure. I think I very swiftly moved on with the group that oh, I was yeah, with to try and take the, over the next base. You don't stick around. I to, was just curious to if you had noticed. Such. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but the, I mean, the, the the main multiplayer I've had really was I was in a, a heavy ship, quite a attacking heavy ship. So lots of missiles that that um, recharged very quickly. Um, some very um, punching um, lasers on it, um, and we were flying around with a ship which had a health bubble around it. And if you were within the vicinity of the ship, your health regenerated. So it was almost this ship with myself and another player in the same ship as me flanking it, flying around, taking over um, areas and very swiftly dispatching the lone sort of ship that we came into contact with. Um, Multiplayer game on the internet where if you have a modicum of teamwork, suddenly you're dominating? Um. Suddenly, we were overrun by five ships oh. and very, very quickly dispatched because they, you know, realised that we were taking over these areas quite quickly. They figured uh, out your game, and then they did. Yeah. And so, there's a slight sense of strategy to it. Oh, good. And if we had a, a, a team of, you know, five or six players, I think they can get up to eight players aside, perhaps. Maybe, maybe more than that. I didn't. Um, I didn't. The the, the amount of people that were playing online or the, the teams that I was thrust into almost only ever got to five or six a side. Um, oh. But, yeah, you, you if you had a team, I think you could very... You could be very good at this game, uh, like right. you would be with any, any MOBA. If you had a team and you had that strategy, you all took on different roles, you could, um, you could wipe out quite a lot of people because most of the people that I've come up against... You know, aren't groups of players playing together? They're individual people that have just been thrust with other people, and they don't to, bother to try and... exactly to try and play this game. I mean, I was playing without a, a microphone, so I wasn't discussing strategy uh, or tactics. I have played this type of game uh, without a microphone, and yeah, it takes a little bit of nuance, but you can still communicate tactics slash support someone who clearly is doing a good thing and then yes, you can. develop a rapport. I, I'm not suggesting that's super easy, but I am suggesting that it's still rarely done. Yeah, Rarely I mean, attempted is my problem, I guess. Yes, 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 completely. That other person has to understand what you're doing, that you're backing them up. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, yes, I had a couple of situations like that where I, um, I found another ship hovering on the edge of a, a, a hostile zone who very clearly wanted to go in to attack the base, but because they were on their own um, and the, the base that they were going to attack, as we found out once we'd gone into the, the area, had been upgraded with a few sort of century turrets mm. um, and a couple of mines surrounding it. Um, as, I know as you defenses. said mine, but I heard mime, and the mental picture was amazing. <laughs> Sorry, Just continue. a mime in space. Just putting up a box. You can get through this box. You can well, get past and, it. And, like... I'm thinking spaceship scale. So there's literally just a <laughs> tiny mime just sort of floating around some sort of base. Oh, uh, 
that would be the ultimate defense, but alas, it was not. It was a mine. But yeah, this, I mean, this guy was hovering on the edge of an area. I turned up, and as soon as I turned up, he started to go move on a run. the base. And I'm thinking, uh, we're not going to take this with just the two of us. We need to hold back. So I, you know, I stayed back. He drifted out of my screen and very quickly came back. So he got the idea that, that you we weren't game for somebody else. And, yeah. you know, 30 seconds later, somebody else turned up and we oh, went in and we were able to take over this, um, this base because the rest of the opposition were at a different base trying to right. either take that over or defend what they, what they had. Um, but yeah, so as you say, with these games, you can get a little bit of communication going with your... Actions. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's fun. I've not played a huge amount of it. Um, it would be good to play with a few people, I was gonna say uh, a few friends, and, and get a little team, even if it's only uh, you know three, two or three of you. Um, as long as you can form some kind of squad as such well, I uh, think that backs the, up each other, it would be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be in fun. The, in the heyday of my uh, multiplayer first-person shootering, where it was CS Source and Team Fortress 2, yeah. way more Team Fortress 2, this was back when it, you had to pay for the damn game, mm-hmm. and there were zero hats. Zero. Zero hats. Like, the releases that you waited for were the Valve made videos about a character. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but I played with one mate all the time. Yeah, and and somewhere between forty and sixty percent of the time, because uh, I think it's closer to forty, but I remember sixty. That's probably rose-colored glasses. But um, yeah. Other people cottoned on to what our like what we were doing and sort of joined our vague tactics slash mm-hmm. noticed that we were doing a certain thing and then started doing their own thing that was at least not against our thing and usually an attempt at complimentary, despite yeah, the fact yeah. that we weren't on some sort of team speak server because uh, people just at least yeah. then Maybe, he yeah. says pretending like it's not still a thing pe- people aren't worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Slash, I, there's only so many times you can you can hear the word faggot. Um, <laughs> That's very true. Uh, before you're like, how many fires is this guy setting up? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you mute everybody as soon as you go into um, a, a Call of Duty lobby. It's, I don't it's even think. I, yeah, your standard first move as soon yeah. as you join a Call of Duty lobby, just mute everybody. Um, um, but but yeah, I. I I don't know with uh, with Dead Star there were um you know with the with the PlayStation you have your um headphones that you get with it which has a built-in microphone a lot of people have gaming headsets which have microphones on and there were a few people in in Dead Star talking it's a good example a few people talking but they weren't really saying anything sense as such they were just giving shit and almost giving a a very poor running commentary of what was happening. It it's wasn't, hey guys, let's go and do this. I think if there was three of us, we could take this over. Let's go. It was, oh, we've just lost that. But yeah, I can see that. There is a small mini-map which, which highlights the colour of the team which has, has won that area. I can see that that has been taken over. You don't need to tell I, me. Um... I have a tangential question. I know, okay. shocking. Yeah. Um, do you think 
this type of um, quote-unquote commentary has increased due to the popularity of things like Let's Plays? Um, or do you think it's just knobs stating the obvious because um, if... I, th- I think it probably has increased, yes. Um, I mean, it's no better than it was previously before the phenomenon of Let's Plays and and podcasting and things um, when when people just chatted shit in lobbies I think it's it's almost the the same level of shit that's taught that's spoken but yeah it has increased very slightly I I meant specifically on this sort of description based rambling rather than talking shit in general yeah I think yes yes definitely and I don't think that's because People are recording their gameplay. No, no, to I just mean. Talk over. I think they just got into a habit of of commentating. As That's such. what I meant. Because, yeah. Yes. Yes. And because they're not professional commentators like you know, ourselves, like ourselves, exactly. They, you know, don't do a very good job of it, and it's something Slash that they don't understand that editing is an integral part. <laughs> of it. like, I feel like putting like a sound bite or something right there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm too right. lazy of an editor. Um, let's let's uh, Dead Stars. Yeah, I mean, if it's the free game on PlayStation Plus, give it a go. You might enjoy it. You you might not. If not, it, it's fine to play for. I think the matches lasted about fifteen minutes. Oh, that was my. So I've yeah. I've played maybe um, an hour, an hour and fifteen. I played about four. I, yeah, about about five matches. I think I played. Okay. So it's um, yeah, it, it's okay. But I don't think unless I had other people to play with that I would bother going back to it. Fair enough. Uh, I can't say that even though I've downloaded it to my um, thingy, PlayStation Majigger, yes. I can't say that uh, you've made me want to turn or run the program. Yeah. No, I mean, I maybe, maybe if we... I, I'm curious to see if our suspicion of two people working together would do a thing. But outside of that, I don't know. I'd yeah, probably, yeah, I... completely, completely. And there's a lot of games like that. There's a lot of games that come out which are yeah, okay. I mean, but... this is one of the reasons why it's on PS Plus, presumably, is because. Well, it's the um, that was its release date as well. When it released on PS Plus, that was the first time that it had released on PlayStation Four. It wasn't available oh, um, well, previously to that, and I believe it released on Steam at the same time. Oh. So that was that was its its worldwide release as such. That's um, interesting. So, yeah, that sort of gives you a little bit of insight as to the, um, not the quality of the game, but, but maybe what you might get out of it as such, that it's a, a free game for a specific console holder. Anyway, we shall move on to our topic um, of the week, which I'm going to let you, Adol, chat about first. Sure. Um, uh, listeners will be shocked to find out that it's going to be about The Division. Um, and the game that we obviously haven't ever played. No, uh, which is why we're talking about it now. Um, specifically, some of the... It's, we're just going to have a freeform talk about some of the larger bugs and glitches uh, that have happened and sort of the general reaction both by the developer, Ubisoft, and the, and the populace at large, um, mm-hmm. and just sort of talk about the sort of the state of gaming as it is with 
this is sort of our window through. Yeah. So um, a couple things have happened in the division in the last couple weeks. Last week, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been uh, in a- all throughout April. Apparently, there's been a bug up until this past Tuesday's patch, which I think solved it, where a certain high level backpack. Um, caused a glitch where you would then be locked like if you had it equipped Mm -hmm. some mysterious circumstance involving you having it equipped would then cause you to be locked out of your account um that so i feel like that paved the way for people to be really irate about problems and the big problem that happened in the past week actually on the 12th i think was um two things happened after the last patch one, people's um, dark zone levels were set to one. Right. But it turns out that's apparently a display bug because anyone who bothered going into their character found their dark zone level was fine. But yep. a lot of people stopped to complain and, and, and talked to the support. Well, and I can see sort of the idea of something's wrong. I'm not going to touch it. Yeah. I'm going to go ask, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give that to people. Uh, I'm less attached to my progression in games these days where I just see if it mattered. Yeah. I mean, if I, again, I'm not playing it as hardcore and if I was, you know, level a billion or whatever the top is, uh, I, I'd be, probably be a little more hesitant. Uh, but the other thing is, uh, some people found their characters no longer existing. Yes. Uh, I, I think we, we, did we establish that this was an Xbox One problem? Because I believe it was a server issue, yeah, wasn't it? Was, it? it was a specific... I wanted to say a rogue server. Um, but it, there was a specific server which um, malfunctioned and corrupted yeah. data. And because they... Uh, so when people logged in, uh, the game couldn't read the corrupted data, so assumed there wasn't any data there. Yep. Therefore... Character is not there because it's in this corrupted data. Um, I actually so having having used to work in IT and done some disaster recovery plans, etc., and service um, survival stuff. What what they're doing is actually what they've done is is reasonable, right? They they clearly take snapshots. Um, so the the plan was um, just roll back and roll back. Release. So what they did though was. So it wasn't everyone, right? It was only people who happened to hit the right window on the right server yep. to lose their yep. character. So they cross-referenced logs, identified mm-hmm. the affected users, and they're rolling those users back. Yep. And they and so they put out a statement saying, you will lose all progress since mm-hmm. this timestamp because that's when we're going to reset you to. Um, I, let me see if and I... And they, uh, they did that very quickly as well, didn't they? Yeah, um, well, this was this was something that happened. The patch release maybe two days ago, and it was yesterday yeah. that they came out and said, um, "This is the problem. This is the fix. We will have this dealt with." Uh, I don't believe it was dealt with yesterday. I think it was dealt with today, wasn't it? So uh, the a, big a day thing of recording is, and such. So two days after the problem. Well, arose. hold on a second. The big thing is they didn't actually say when. Oh, okay, okay. Um, they said, we'll deal with this soon or shortly. One of those two S right, words. Right. They're so ambiguous it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew a girl like that once. Um, so, 
needless to say, I'll, I'll hopefully we'll remember to tweet out the link to the now ten pages um, commentary, uh, sort of forum posts forum with posts, comments. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's been a mixed reactions, um, and I think the biggest thing people have a claim to is I don't know when I'm going to uh, get my character back, mm-hmm. but also. They did say that there. This is at the account, not the character level. Yep. So any progression on any character mm-hmm. will get reset to April twelfth when they do this change. Yeah. But unfortunately, their tech support people, I'm presuming, didn't who didn't have all of the information, um, had told a handful of users that they know about the missing uh, characters. They're they're not gone forever. They're making a fix, and it's okay to start a new character. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So, little miscommunication. Uh huh. And and so you can imagine. So most IT problems are a bigger communication problem than infrastructure problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, and which is why I wanted to start out saying they did a very standard. Uh, approach to to dealing with it technically um yeah. their communication clearly i wouldn't be surprised if there was an assumption going forward uh, or someone said a thing before knowing really what technically was going on and then other mm. people heard and that became the the, the sort of the byline yeah, of the tech support because yeah. that happens right and it turns out that it was someone speaking off the cuff that other people overheard and assumed it was, was the mm-hmm. truth. Um, however, that's really unfortunate because then there were people who, when they heard, found this announcement, instead of being like, Oh, now I understand what's going on. We're like, well, fuck, I just spent the last six hours. Cause I have nothing to do other than play division. Um, there's not a slag. I'm just saying that it's clearly the, the, the people who are right are the ones who've just continued playing. I would have, I would have meant that as a slag. Definitely. Yeah, fair. Uh, kids and their games. I'm shaking my fist. I've got washing up to do. That's how busy I am. Um. Right. Yeah. So, so I guess what I'm rambling towards is this idea that um, the communication wasn't handled great, and so there's yep. been some pushback at various various degrees of pushback. Yes, some, yeah, yeah. Some people um, are asking, saying, well, you should give us some sort of fancy item for our troubles uh, or some sort of compensation. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let, let, let's roll with that. I mean, that's fine if eh. you're PlayStation Plus and you charge a monthly fee and you are paying monthly for a service, or even you're paying monthly uh, to an MMO where you expect that to be live, except for possibly scheduled maintenance, which you will be very, uh, you'll be made aware of. Um, Yeah, you you can ask for some kind of compensation for that. But for having, you know, two days downtime... So... so some of the speculation I will say is that the because the fix didn't happen right away, mm-hmm. uh, and the backpack problem was hot fixed, right? 
Uh, people don't. One thing is, people who are commenting on this don't understand that not all fixes can be um, implemented the same way. Especially mm-hmm. if you're coming off of backup, you need you need dead time. That's just yes. how yeah. technology works. Um, but uh, the the suspicion is. Some people are saying, well, the regular maintenance windows is Tuesday, so am I going to have to wait five yeah, days yeah. in order for this to be fixed? Which I think is is a reasonable thing to be cross about, but if you have to take a server down and there's 0.1% of your population who you're trying to fix a problem for, but everyone will suffer if you take the server down, Yeah, you do have to balance this and now i'm not saying but having said that i do think i'd rather proactive and a proactive approach saying look i know look people it, we're going to be down for an hour because people got screwed yeah and you know be fucking sympathetic yes completely um and i think i would i personally would rather not play for an hour because they're trying to make it so that other people can play Mm-hmm. But having said that, I'm also not as sort of attached to the game as some people can be. Um, yeah, you, you you do get people who this will be the game that they have they have bought and the only game that possibly they have bought because that's all of yeah. the money that they have. Um, or and they're they just will a be person absolutely who hammering just, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or they really enjoy it, and this is the game that they really want to play, and they want to spend a lot of their free time um, progressing through the through the game. That's fine. But again, yes, you have paid that original price for the game, and you expect it to work. But so, but that is the that that's just the nature of an always online server-based game. So I guess my question is: given that you cannot play this game at all mm. without the servers, mm. um. Just because I'm not paying a monthly fee, like I'm going to be uh, Al Pacino's lawyer here and say that um, I can't play the game. So even though I'm not paying a monthly fee, I bought this game. Mm. Be- and I bought this game under the stand- understanding that I didn't have to pay a monthly fee, but I could play this game. And you're locking me out for potentially five days. And you don't seem super apologetic. Yeah. So what's up with that? Well, like, like it's one like, thing to say, like, um, yeah, it sucks that you can't multiplayer, but you know, whatever. Like, play Need for Speed solo campaign for a bit before you go back to the races because you're fucked. But I literally cannot log into the game and play it. Yeah. So I don't care if I didn't pay a, a monthly fee. We that's, both. That's you sold that's it not, to me. That's with not this. true. That's not true. You can. Go in and you can play the game. You, you. Well, no, you have no access to your character in this game. No, that's correct. But you can create a new character and you can play the game. However, when the servers roll back, that character will essentially be lost, and you'll roll back to your original characters, which will then be available to you at whatever rollback point they have used. Okay, you're not your progressed character. But it allows you to experience the game. Okay, you're, you're playing earlier missions, missions you've already played. But what if you, you know, why do people have alts? Because they want to experience a game in a different way. But Take this opportunity to play the game slightly differently. 
to experience and explore what else the game had to offer to you. Yes, I can see that you've paid for this game, you expect it to work, but it does work. You just have a slightly different experience as such. So uh, it's mostly the hardcore players who are complaining because the people, the sort of the tier of people they're playing with are, are playing a fuck ton and out leveling them now, right? Uh, I think that's a. I don't give a shit about no, that uh, excuse. I yeah. get where you're coming from, but I just don't give a shit. And I, I, it's probably just because I'm a crotchety thirty-something instead of a young teen. Um, but um, I think there there is something to the, like we said, the the game is designed with MMO aspects. Yeah, and not everyone get plays an alt and mm-hmm. that's true I, I feel like saying you can play an alt is not a good alternative mm-hmm. um but i also know that there's it's still a game completely and, and it's and still technology it is and it's you you have purchased this game knowing that it is an always online game you have that disclaimer before you play, almost, that you will be constantly referring to a server to find your data because that is where all of your data is stored. You know that. You have purchased the game uh, knowing that. If you put the game in without knowing that and then you didn't read through the terms and conditions which say, this is an always online game which needs to find your data constantly, then... It's on you, man. Yeah. Totally it's, agree with that. It's, it's, just, it's the nature of it. It's the nature of your purchase. So, put yourself... I, I want to play the empathy card. Wah. Put yourself in the ambulance as a person who spent a lot of time on the game. Um, has Let's say you have a variable schedule, and this yesterday, today, tomorrow, and the next day are sort of days which you are looking forward to playing the game. Mm. Um. But you're still you, right? So you 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 are aware that sometimes technology is a bitch, and sometimes yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you would fault Ubisoft for? Slash, how would you feel? I have a, um, a certain perspective, but I'm curious what yours is. I think they could, uh, as I understand it, they've just told people about this through forum posts, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I think. I'm not sure whether they've made any actual press releases, but had they have made this a bit more uh, public, I, I imagine they're worried because this only affects maybe one percent of players. I don't even think so, it's that much. So by by just leaving their responses to the forums, they're only addressing those players. So they're not trying to make this a widespread known issue, so other people then worry about it. However. Say. Uh, however, I would have released some kind of... If I was Ubisoft, I would have released a press release saying, hey, this has happened to a few people. We're really sorry about it. Um, and this is how we're going to deal with it. Everybody knows it's out there. Yes, people can then complain about it because people complain about everything. Of course yeah. they do. But so- it's then a bit more easier to swallow if suddenly you log on and you find out this has happened to you. I was going to say, it should be in the logon text, like the little news things that pop up. 
That's where I'm surprised they didn't say a thing. Yeah. It's also yeah. sort of in the MMO sphere. It's the standard place where, where this type of thing gets said. Patch notes are talked about there. Yep. Um, so it just seems like they avoided the natural widespread communication avenue because they didn't want to reveal that they fucked up. And yeah, by I mean, they fucked is... up, I mean like that this was a thing. Yeah, I mean this is this is a problem with with Ubisoft all over uh, with previous games. Um, what was the not not the last Ubisoft game that came out? The one before that, um, the one where the NPCs had no faces. Um, they they just they said nothing about it, and they sent out all of these games where there were these issues, and they can't say that no QA tester did not experience this. Because a significant amount of people experienced, you know, a certain kind of bug within a game, um, yeah. they just swept it under the carpet, didn't say anything, and just worried about it when people started to yeah. complain the, about it. The PR and had they been, been a bit more upfront about it and said, "Look, we know this is a problem, and we're we're working out a way to deal with this," um, but then. I suppose they don't want people to not buy the game until it's dealt with. They don't want to fuck with week one, day one sales of a game because everything isn't... revolves around money. Everything revolves around money. So everything but it's revolves not day around... one sales, right? Like this is a month on. Well, for the division it is, yes. But right, for, for previous games, it, it was issues from, from day one. Um, but it's it just highlighting that Ubisoft don't have a very good way of communicating with the people who play their games. I think it's not that they don't have a good way. It's that they haven't bothered to develop a community-oriented perspective. Mm. It's very much CYA, cover your ass. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's their mantra. Um, mm. and, and because of that, we ha- we find ourselves where we're at, where it's like, yeah, these people have this problem so I'll try and say this in a way that doesn't alarm anyone but also just makes those people even more pissed like my point of view on this is that yes there'll be people who are always pissed I didn't get to play my game it should be perfect fuck you um and I don't care about those people yeah no I mean Um, it's but it, it's partly down to the just the, the culture that we now inhabit, isn't it? That uh, everyone complains about everything. If if things don't work perfectly, people are very very quick to to jump on that, and they're not very forgiving in the sense that um, you know it's technology. It's an always online game. You have to take your data from a server. Things can go wrong. Of course the servers, they can. Yeah. Uh, but people think, well, I paid this money. This should always work at all times, irrelevant of the technology that's used to be able to to do what I want it to do, or what it's it's saying that it's going to be able to do. Why didn't the Titanic have an extra hull? Mm. Should have. Technology, mate. Yeah. Cost cutting, perhaps. Uh, cost but, benefit uh, analysis, I would say. My inner yeah, yeah. economist is uh, possibly possibly ahead. Um, should we finish it there for the week? Yeah, I think so. I guess, uh, yeah, I just wanted to sort of say that, <coughs> excuse me, um, 
I get where people are coming from with the complaints, but I think that the only real, the only strong slash complaints I can get behind are the ones that talk about how it just wasn't communicated well because things mm-hmm. do go wrong. And, and, and I hate to say it, but you, some people need to grow up and realize that things go wrong in the world. Yep. Um, and, but, I also think that the people so that that's against the really whiny people who think that they should get some magic Uber backpack that'll lock them out of the game as compensation. Yeah, but also Ubisoft needs to fucking grow up and take its hits. Yeah, you can't hide everything. Completely. And you know what? When you don't say I screwed up right away, it will bite you in the ass. And I feel mm. like. In a small respect, that's what's happening. I mean, I know some people on that forum uh, quit. Like, like they actually asked Amazon for a refund. One really? Week. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. Which is fine. I, I mean, I if I was Amazon, I would. I guess I would just give it because it's easier, and there's like zero people who are doing that. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it's just. It's just. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Ubisoft did a shitty job of, of communicating that. You can whine about that, and then you need to move on. Yeah, And completely. demanding I mean, extra things from a game, you don't pay monthly fees. And I think that really does matter. Because you're not paying... Yes, my devil's advocate hat was on, and, and you can't play the game, sort of strong sense can't play the, the game when your character has disappeared for a few days. But it's also just a few days. Yes, yes. There's there's lots of other things you can do during those few days. I think my final comment on the um, on the situation um, as a whole would just be, wah! Yeah. So there you go. That's it. What was awesome. your beer of this week? Uh, it is the uh, Muskoka Mad Tom Unfaltered IPA. Okay, I, the first one you had. Yeah, I feel like I continue drinking the house sound, uh, Devil's Elbow, and... It got a little more complex, but not a lot. Yep. That sort of strong sweetness became a little less sweet. I think it was just the strong bitterness that was lingering from the Muskoka. Mm-hmm. But it was still fairly thin flavor profile. Like it, it sort of didn't do anything differently throughout sipping it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for an IPA to live there and then have a really short finish is just weird. Sure. Like at least some of the sort of more simple IPAs, God, I sound pretentious. Uh, I guess that's the name of the game though. Um, I've Talking had about craft beer, mate. Of course you do. Yeah. Um, have this, I usually have a longer finish. So whatever the taste is, it's lingered and it lingers. So you can enjoy it. Even if it's not something different than what you initially tasted. Mm-hmm. And this sort of just was it. It's like a wham bam. I guess you were an IPA. Like it just. Eh. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I'm also going with my first beer of this evening, the Three Seas Golden Ale. Um, yeah, by Cross Anchors Brewing. Um, it was a good taste. It was a nice finish. Um, the aroma and the the the, the taste were very similar. Um, it had that really nice hoppy, citrusy flavour. Um, not quite as as hoppy as maybe an IPA would be. It's a bit lighter. You get a bit more of the malt through it. 
Um, but that was nice. Whereas the Northern Star was, you know, it's that winter seasonal beer. Um, you know, you walk into a pub in the middle of the winter. Right. Someone has a mulled wine. You have yourself a nice spiced beer. It was that kind of, of right. thing. So I think I was a little late to the party, about three months late to the party on this beer, really. Um, so, yeah, the Three Seas Gold now was a very nice beer across Angus Brewery. It was it was very enjoyable. Um, something I would have again, definitely. Excellent. So we have been tanked up for uh, another week. Um, you can obviously listen to all of our episodes where we talk about lots of different things, um, hot topics, as we did last week with our special guest Ross Miller from the Out of Lives Network, um, which we are a part of. I was going to say, uh, yeah, they have. Uh, lots of other podcasts. We have lots of other podcasts. Uh, we have, yes, over right, fine, yes, yes, yes. We have lots of other podcasts that you can go and listen to. Um, an entertainment podcast, Out of Lives, Out of Nowhere, the Wrestling Podcast, and Out of the Crossfire, which is a PlayStation-centric podcast. Uh, Ross has just launched, which he spoke about last week, the Xbox One Party Chat podcast, which if you're an Xbox player, you should probably go and listen to. Um, he chats um, with people from the Xbox One subreddit, uh, about different things that are happening, um, different posts that have been made on the, the, the subreddit, and they also had an interview with Major Nelson. Um, um, so for their first episode, that's quite a big big deal. Yeah, and part of that is, of course, because they are the official uh, podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Yes. Um, if you want to contact us by the old email, um, you can reach us at either tankeduppcast at gmail.com or... Yep. Uh, if you have a general hard-on for emailing uh, Out of Lives podcasts, you can also reach us at podcast at outoflives.net, along with all the other Out of Lives podcasts. You'll be surprised to know how to share that address. Completely. Just do a general email and, yeah. and speak to each podcast in turn if you listen to everybody. Um, you can also get us on Twitter at uh, tankedup underscore cast. Um, last week I said that tanked up ca- uh, tanked up at Tanked Up on Twitter was held by a fish tank TV program. That's not true. That's just the the YouTube number one hit, right? Yes. Tanked Up is owned by uh, a gentleman who has tweeted, I think, once in 2009. There you go. A little bit of backstory for you on the Tanked Up Twitter. So tweet him and tell him how good... Tanked up what, underscore what the fuck is, how, is the point of tweeting to someone who hasn't touched Twitter since 2009? <laughs> um, you can also go on our YouTube page to watch some of the absurd drunken videos that we've made because we love beer and we love games. So we've made drunken videos, which is the thing to do. We also have a Facebook page, um, which we're posting to a little bit more these days. Um, um, what's our YouTube page? Tanked Up Cast? I believe our YouTube page is just Tanked Up Cast, yes. Yeah. As it is on Facebook, I believe yeah. it's just Tanked Up uh, cast on Facebook as well. What if I wanted to say something directly to you, Ben, about your weird per- perceptions of gaming and retribution on retribution? I meant recompense. Just I meant recompense uh, on on outages, and I said retribution. Apparently, I'm secretly driving the ambulance. That's it. That's um, it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm on Twitter and over underscore forty seven. Normally, my tweets consist of. Um, very nice screenshots from the PlayStation 4. That's pretty much all I tweet out. And then responses to people about other things. Um, a oh. couple of beers that I drink. 
Um, you can go and see some fantastic shots I took of uh, Journey. Oh, excellent. I don't have... A couple of months ago. But... How is the PS4 version versus the PS3 version? Because you play both, right? looks fucking fantastic. Because I have the PS3 version, but I'm really tempted to just not start it. Um, if you've got the PS3 version, you've also got the PS4 version. It is free. Oh. Just go on and get it. Was it free? I'm pretty sure it was free. I wouldn't have paid for it again. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it was free. Uh, on that bombshell, you can also get me at uh, on Twitter at the Omniarch. You can also add me on all of the gaming networks. That's your Xbones, your PSNs, your Steams. At you'll be surprised to know the Omniarch. T h e o m n i a r c h. Nice. Um, if you want to get me on Steam, I've just joined the um, IGN UK Duck Hunters group. Oh. Um, which out of lives. Spurred from, not the Steam group as such. Spawned from, I think. Spawned from, spurred, spawned, yes, spawned. Um, but yeah, I'm on Steam at Nova underscore 47, who stole my name? Because I essentially stole my name on a previous email address, which was slightly foolish. Anyway, uh, we have been tanked up for another week. Take it easy, guys. Ciao. Uh, basically, we have to say this is the disadvantage, and this is why. Because of this case from these people from mm. 1984. Aha! So apparently, the issue is attached to a high-end backpack. <laughs>